Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Let's go. It's a Thursday. It's the Eagle Hour. Thank you for joining us. We're live in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens. We count down to kickoff just over two weeks away. And we talk in people involved in Football games today. Going to have Southern Miss uh, cheerleaders and cheerleader coach on a little later. Got some baseball scheduling news already, and it's in August, but uh, we know the, as of right now, the opening opponent for uh, the 2022 baseball season. Announce that to you uh, a little later in the show, uh, but happy to, to have. Uh, some great guests on the Eagle Hour before we get to uh, that today. First segment brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. If you're in the Hub City, the hometown team on right next to the Turtle Creek Mall. Justin and his great staff out there cooking fresh meat every day. Cater your next event. Go see your local Dickie's, some of the best barbecue anywhere. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander, we are uh, we're talking to the important people today on the Eagle Hour. Let me tell you something. When you oversee the pride of Mississippi, you've got a job. Full-time, capitalized, and underlined. Travis Higa is with us today. He is the director of the Pride of Mississippi, the Southern Miss Marching Band. Travis is a native of Hawaii. I said that just right, didn't I? It is undergraduate at uh, UNLV, also some education at the University of Montana. Comes to Southern Miss from Michigan State University, where he was part of Sparty up there. And now, Travis, the, you're in band camp this week. Let's first of all tell folks, people have probably heard that term band camp. Mm-hmm. What does it entail? Well, it entails a lot of our students coming back to campus a week or actually 10 days early uh, before the season gets started. Uh, we, we, it's, a, it's a phase entrance where we have our leadership team come in, uh, get ready to bring almost 300 students back to campus and execute our pregame shows to get a start on our, our halftime shows, learn all of the rah-rah that we play in the stands, and just, again, coordinate almost 300 students uh, to march on the field and play in the stands and, and do our thing. 287 members strong this year. How does that number compare to generally where the pride is? Generally, it's it's right about that number right there. So uh, especially in a year where we, it, it was a little turbulent with COVID happening, uh, I'm just so proud that we have all these students returning to us. Um, a little dip in numbers, but we are still making much headway with the quality of students that we have and what we're seeing on the field right now. And if you think you go to see the Pride and you see them perform once and that you don't have to go back to another football game, you could not be more wrong. Six different halftime shows the Pride is putting together this year. Tell us more, Travis. Yeah, six different shows. And we do a different show for each home game that we have here. Uh, we're starting off strong. We have our first football game on September 11th. It's called Summon the Heroes, a Salute to First Responders. Uh, 
honoring uh, the 20th anniversary of that horrific horrific day. Uh, we then move on to a coast to coast show where we kind of can celebrate uh, things opening up a little bit more. We you can travel musically with the Pride of Mississippi across the nation. We're showcasing tunes from California, the West, New York, and of course New Orleans. Um, we are at, then go to our homecoming show where we celebrate. I think 67 years of the Dixie Darlings with the Pride of Mississippi. Uh, following that, we have this really fun show. Although we don't have a Halloween game, we are going to do a Pride Spooktacular, which is a game that's closest to Halloween, where we're playing some of your favorite Halloween songs. And I would guess that Michael Jackson's Thriller would be in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to give it away too, too much, but you might just see us also practice our dance skills. All right. Now, it's not just the instruments involved in the band, but you've got support groups like the the um, the, the flag tour. I, I don't know the yeah, terminology yeah, yeah. here, but the so color tell guard. Us, the color guard. Yeah. Thank you. All the different uh, units that you have to oversee. Tell Correct. us more about that. Correct. Um, so, of course, we all have our, our precision dance line with us. We also have our fa- fabulous color guard. Uh, we have 22 members strong this year, uh, 39 Dixie Darling members this year. We also have uh, our physical operations staff that oversee uh, the, 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 the day-to-day operations with what we do in the Pride of Mississippi. With so many students that are marching in the ensemble, we also have to have some logistical staff to help us get from point A to point B. And all of these members help make the prize successful. All right. Now, music is, is your background, right? But a band obviously has to be choreographed in mm-hmm. movement and so on. Mm-hmm. How does all that come into play? And do you do that as well? Yes, I do. So we, we all do a little bit of everything. I, sh- I should say that, um, first off, it's not just me with the Pride of Mississippi, but we also have a new member, uh, Assistant Director of Bands, uh, Professor Eric Scott, who just joined our team. So between uh, the two of us, we kind of tag team arranging some music, and actually, we we are also visual people that have to write all the coordinates and all the drill that you see that students march. Where do you, where do you get uh, the musicians from? They're scholarshiped, mm-hmm. right? So, do you have to recruit very much like an athletic team would have to recruit? Very much so, very much so. We we do our best to get onto the public schools as much as we can and make connections with students across the state. Um, we also especially last year, put a lot of content out online that we can push out to, for people to see virtually. And we also try to make sure that at every home game experience and every exhibition that we do play, that we are always providing the highest quality um, performances for everyone to really enjoy and aspire to be a part of the Pride. Travis Higa is with us. He's the director of the Pride of Mississippi, the University of Southern Mississippi marching band. You talked about the six different shows, Travis, that you guys are going to do. How long prior to a season do you make the decisions as to what shows you're going to do and what factors go into deciding, yeah, I think let's do this Mm -hmm. and let's choose Mm -hmm. this music? Good question. Um, We start first with collecting our leadership team. And I think that the way that we're successful is, is that uh, it's built with the students who are going to be performing it. So after our student leadership is selected, we sit down in a round table and go round and round about ideas and show concepts that we might want to play. Uh, after we kind of whittle it, it down, we kind of pair things together and begin to hire uh, a staff arranger 
to make all this music for us. So what, the thing that's great is that all the music that you do here is arranged for the Pride of Mississippi. Uh, and it's not just something that you can go out and buy. So if, if, there, if there was such a show, a halftime show like the best of ABBA, for example, from the 70s or whatever, and the students said, we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They, they have some input. They do have some input. They do have some input. And um, in the same respect, um, if, if they provide me a show that I'm like, I don't even know what this is, then I can provide some input as well. Or something that I think, I think we could do that tune, but let's add it so we have um, this other tune that the audience would love, the football audience will love. We always try to incorporate that in every way possible. There's, there's quite a camaraderie that takes place uh, in a marching band, if if parents' children are not involved in band, every every bit as tight are these, and I say athletes because they are out there in the heat, in the sun, and working every bit as hard as the football team. But but the lifelong relationships, indeed friendships, that are developed through band, really extraordinary. Yes, very extraordinary. I, I told the students this year in our preseason, we're in the middle of our preseason right now, and they're doing a fantastic job. We just we just finished up our pregame show and learned all of it. But I tell them that. Uh, the reason why that I'm in in band and music is because I met my best friends through this through this interaction. Um, I made sure that um, we were provided opportunities for everyone to to make lifelong friends here and make lifelong um, colleagues friendships where it goes past just the pride of Mississippi, past the University of Southern Mississippi. Now, you were at Michigan State University, as mm-hmm. we mentioned, going from the cold, which you don't like, no, 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 <laughs> into no. the heat of the Deep South. How did, uh, how did that connection happen, the Higa-Southern Miss connection happen? <laughs> that, that uh, well, uh, after I finished my, my doctorate at Michigan State University, I, of course, went on this job hunt. And I'm so fortunate that um, Southern Miss popped up on the radar, I, it has a long-standing history, band history, that I knew about. And especially the Pride of Mississippi um, attracted me to come here. Uh, additionally, um, our current director of the School of Music, Colin, Dr. Colin McKenzie, is also a fellow Spartan. So it was nice to know that there was um, someone within, uh, we shared the same teacher, um, that was right here. And he encouraged me to apply. And, of course, we went through the entire application process. And I was just so fortunate to have the opportunity to be here. And I'm just so excited to keep um, the excellence and traditions of Southern Mississippi. Now, kind of put it in a, in a sports uh, perspective, you know, on a football team, they have a linebackers coach. They have a defensive line coach. They have an offensive line coach, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. In a band, in band context, is there such a thing as a drumline coach, as a woodwind coach, etc.? That's a really great question. Yes, we do. We do have every part of that. We have a staff um, that make this huge machine work. Uh, we have our drumline instructor, uh, Mr. Nathan Sanders. We have our color guard instructor, Mr. Zach Hassel. We have our Dixie Darling instructor, Miss Tracy uh, Smith. Um, and we have a slew of GAs, graduate assistants, that bring expertise and help engage us. We're going to talk more about this year's edition of the Pride of Mississippi, the 287 members strong marching band at Southern Miss as we go into this commercial break with a little bit of Who background music. And we're glad that you're with us on this Thursday installment of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander along with Luke Johnson and Laurel Michael Mergens pushing all the right buttons. And we'll be back with more after this commercial.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday. Campus Bookmark brings you the second segment every single day. They're on Hardy Street, right across the street from the big administration building. Big yellow building. Campus Bookmark got everything you need. Golden Eagle swag. Get your stuff now. Just creative ways. Kathleen talked to us earlier in the week. The creative, all the creative things that they have, uh, along with all the basic stuff too. Everything you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles. Campus Bookmarks got it. Shop twenty four seven at campusbookmark.net. Luke Johnson, Kelly Center, Michael Mergens. We are talking uh, Pride of Mississippi today. And Kelly, I, I guess what I, what I want you to do is, we we had Tracy with the Dixie Darlings the other day, but just all these representatives of of on-field talent at Southern Miss, you just need to get their feedback off your Dixie Darling routine and just to make sure that that the entire capsulation of people involved in halftime shows and pregame shows at Southern Miss uh, agree or or just give their feedback on on what you need to change. It's funny that you say that, Luke Johnson, because as the music came up at the beginning of the show, which is, of course, the pride of Mississippi, right, playing the fight song, Travis, he got our guest here. He lit up because he recognized, you know, that music. And when the time came, I started to do my Dixie Darling chops, and he, he was kind yes. of. And it was very good. We're going to have you on the line soon. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't. I never have my elbows up <laughs> please, high enough. Please don't, Travis. Please, please don't do that. And actually, as we continue our discussion with the director of the Pride. Eight in the morning until 10 at night. Football in the old days used to have what they called two-a-days, practices in the morning, practices at night. That's exactly mm-hmm. what your band is doing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're doing, and they're currently doing it right now as I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that we have a great leadership team. We kind of start them all together in the morning at 8 o'clock until about 11 when it gets a little too warm to be outside, and we push them to some music rehearsals. We have a... Uh, we have, uh, we're going to be in, in the stadium later on today if the weather holds up. Uh, first time in the stadium is to make sure that we're ready to go for our first game down September, September 11th. And then we always finish up every day back on Pride Field just to keep learning more pregame, more of halftime shows. So it's, it's a long, long 10 days for some of these students, but uh, we purposely front end our season so that whenever we, um, we have you know, some distractions with schools coming in, we're ready to go. Uh, no matter no matter what's in front of us, and you don't have to worry about them sleeping well. <laughs> I, I, would, I would imagine after a full oh. day like that. Oh yeah, they. I, I'm sure that everyone enjoys the time that they have to just go home and digest and and think about what what happened and get some rest. Now, on behalf of every tuba player in the country, we have to give the tuba players a little extra credit. Oh, do, do we have? Do we give them any concessions at all? The tuba players, do we cut back on them a little bit just because of the extra uh, weight that they have to carry and whatnot? You know, would you come? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to answer that by saying yes or no but when you consider each maneuver that each instrument has to do everyone has its challenges you know whenever you have the whole full drum set on or you have these trombone players that you know break their back to make a, a turn happen so now the drums with the shoulder straps those are called quads quads yes right mm-hmm. with the four with drums four of them there correct. In front. but but let's be honest the flautists that's the easiest job there is the flute player right He's not going to say yes or no <laughs> on, on that either. But uh, the general public, if, if for some reason they can't get to a game and, and want to check out the Pride, practices are open? Yeah, practices are open on Pride Field. You're more than welcome to stop by and say hello to the Pride of Mississippi. Uh, we also have, uh, we ha- we're going to have a pep rally on campus on this coming Friday, which is tomorrow. 
forgot about that. And yeah, days kind of get run together after a while. And the Pride of Mississippi is also having our um, um, uh, uh, preseason performance uh, next week, Friday, on Centennial Lawn on the campus of Southern Mississippi. So you'll be that'll kind of be your sneak peek prior. That would be know. the sneak peek, yes. But, but and the band used to travel even on the road games, mm-hmm. but just home games. Yeah, we're we're just going to home games this year, um, uh, to whatever we can make it out to. We will always try to, um, but home games for sure. The pride will always be there. But you always see sections of the pride if you're out tailgating, mm-hmm. which I've been known to do that. At a very early hour, even if the game is at night. Just celebrating. That, yes. Correct. Celebrating. Good word. But you'll see mm-hmm. sections of the drum line, you mm-hmm. know, kind of walking around uh, where people are tailgating or, you know, just so the band kind of breaks apart until the And Eagle Walk, you guys are involved in Eagle Walk as yes. well. Yes, yes. Yes, we are involved in Eagle Walk. We do split the band up and we're hoping to do a little bit more of that this year to provide a little bit more culture and traditions or start new traditions moving forward uh, but you can always find bits and pieces of the, of the, of the band before every game and um, I'm sure you'll find more of us throughout the community as well. Well we're looking forward to their six different halftime shows this year the homecoming show really revolving around the uh, the return of the the Dixie Darlings what 67 year history 67 or years. something like that and and who and some of the originals uh, I hear tell are mm-hmm. from 67 years ago mm-hmm. uh, maybe coming back to the campus so that that'll be uh, exciting a little bit later on Travis continued success welcome to Hattiesburg thank you very much am I supposed to say hang loose mongoose hang, hang loose sure or from being it. a native yes. Hawaiian is that yes. is that proper terminology Hawaii, yes from from Hawaii so I I try to do my best, and uh, and we will be seeing you uh, during the football season. Looking forward to it. Yes, thanks for having me on the show. Two hundred and eighty-seven members of the Pride of Mississippi, and you will see them uh, in action along uh, with the football team. But you know, another support group besides the marching band, of course, are the cheerleaders. They are our connection to the team uh, during the season. And joining us on set now is Carlos Stokes, who entering his third year as the assistant coach of the U.S. Uh, USM Southern Miss cheer squad. And Katie Martin is here, who's a native of New Orleans, Louisiana, and she is one of the cheerleaders. And we welcome you. Good, good to have you guys uh, for having here on the show. Great to be here. All right, Carlos, you want to bring that microphone a little bit closer to you and kind of tell me what's been what's been going on as you guys now get uh, get ready for the season. Well, honestly, we just really got back together last night. Um, we did our summer practices and this that other. We're really excited to get into a normal season with our game day traditions and Eagle Walk and the pregame show and all that stuff. So we're preparing for that for September 11th. And how often and big of a turnover is there? does there tend to be year to year from the, on the cheer squad? Um, we tend to stay between like 30 to 36 kids. Um, co-ed all girl being our largest group and co-ed being kind of smaller but we're hoping to grow that in the seasons to come all right and and is that is it reasonable to assume that it's broken down to i mean same number of seniors juniors essentially or generally you know same number of seniors as freshmen and i would say so yes okay so and and once let's say they make the team as a freshman what percentage of the cheer squad stays on the team for four years or do they have to try out every year uh, Katie? Um, we typically try out every year. It depends really on the type of athlete because some athletes get hurt and then it just really depends on the durability of their body and just the love of the cheer and the sport. And Katie, I want to talk a little bit about how cheerleading has evolved because back 
a hundred years ago when I was in high school, it was literally give me a, you know, give me an H, give me, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's but, not that anymore. No, no, it isn't. And that's what I want to, that's what I want to talk about. The evolution of it. A lot of more, a lot more tumbling, a lot more gymnastics, a lot more dancing, kind of fill in some blanks for me. Yes. Um, cheerleading has definitely taken a toll on your body as in you have to be with flexibility, with endurance, stamina, everything ties into tumbling and how you can flip your body what ways you can flip your body i know because i do a bunch of tumbling and a bunch of stunts that require your body to continue to be in shape it's definitely a sport where you have to stay healthy you have to eat right you have to work out probably three times a week you have to stretch you have to ice your body and really take care of it in ways that it can be able to perform the skills that you are meant to perform and and we see at the high levels now whether it's through documentaries or docu-series on tv um i know there was one there was a, a the cheer series, the, yes, the, yeah, Navarro. Yeah, in uh, in Texas, yes. right? Um, so there's national competitions and and thing, definitely, yeah, th- yeah. So this is really hardcore. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing this? I have been cheering not very long. I've only been cheering since my junior year of high school. What got you involved initially? I did sports all my life, and then initially I was too small. I'm very short, so I was wasn't tall enough to play college sports. So I was like, let me get into cheerleading. And sure enough, it found out being the sport that I love. So the athleticism that you already had, you incorporated on, on the cheer side. Mm-hmm. You know, now, now, living in New Orleans, what brought you to Southern Miss? God, definitely. Um, I, my best friend in high school was like, I'm going to go to Southern Miss. And I was like, oh, I really never like, heard of Southern Miss before just because of LSU and Tulane and all of the Louisiana SEC schools. So definitely when I got here, I knew this was my home. I just walked on campus and I was like, this is where I'm meant to be. And I love everything about Southern Miss, the traditions and everything. So that's why I stayed here and I really pursued being here. And you're close enough to where if you right, need to get right. in the car. It's not and far. It's like an hour, 45 drive. It's not bad at all. Carlos Stokes, now how has the team has evolved? Now, what, who develops different routines? And we talked about choreography with the band. How does all that work on a cheer, on a cheer level? Well, we as coaches, we kind of sit down and we talk about it. Um, ultimately, uh, our head coach, Brandon Roberts, um, he leads whatever we talk about. Um, most of the things that we do have been in our traditions for years. So it's just a matter of like learning it, making it perfect, and putting it on that field, and putting on that face and having a good time. So we talked about how soon you'll be able to see the band. Of course, those practices are open. We're going to continue talking about the Southern Miss cheer squad. We're like 16 days away now from the opener down at South Al. We'll continue our discussion with Carlos Stokes and Katie Martin when this Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour continues after this commercial timeout. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It is the official place to pregame if you're a Southern Miss fan, whether you're going to the football, basketball, or baseball games. Southern Miss fans always on hand there to talk about their memories. Of course, one thing is also certain, those, uh, those stories of grandeur always get bigger and better 
the longer you're away from, from campus. But it's also home of the 895 lunch tomorrow, Bob Getty's favorite catfish Friday. And it's not just the fish. Uh, it's Mississippi catfish, which you don't get any better than that anyway, but it's their secret breading that they put on that catfish that will have you come out of there saying it's the best you've ever had. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, proud to be associated with us here on the Eagle Hour as we continue our discussion. Luke Johnson's going to be joining us in a little while, and he's going to have uh, the latest headlines from around the university and around the country, but we're continuing our discussion about the USM cheer squad with uh, third-year assistant coach Carlos Stokes and Katie Martin, who is one of, the, one of our uh, cheerleaders from New Orleans, Louisiana. And Katie, you, you have been in squads that were co-ed at the high school level and now all all women i guess at the so what's besides the obvious gender differences what are the differences between the two so i learned i'm a co-ed cheerleader i have cheered co-ed in high school i didn't cheer all girl until i got to southern miss so the difference is body positions where to shift your weight so when you're cheering on a boy you typically have to lean back a little bit in the air and make sure that you balance, not balance, but center your weight in the middle of your foot. On all girl, you have to really, I tell my girls, I'm a UCA cheerleader for um, the United States. So I typically tell my cheerleaders when I teach them all girl stunts, you have to be like a celery stick. Like you have to like hollow out your body in a way that you're standing on two people's hands with a back spot holding your ankles. So your weight has to be in the center rather than towards the back like you would be standing on a boy. So I'm guessing UCA stands for United? The Universal Cheer- Cheerleading Universal Association. Universal uh, Cheerleading yes. Association. All right. Carlos, when, one of the, when you see these competitions now on TV and you see them all the time on one of the ESPN channels from Orlando or Dallas or wherever, I mean, there's always people getting thrown up in the air. Gosh, it seems like 15 or 20 feet. And it, it seems like every year they try to outdo, you know, what they did the year before. Absolutely. Will, 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 mm-hmm. But will we ever get to the point where it's, it's really, really dangerous? I mean, that people are maybe taking risks they shouldn't be taking. Well, the thing about it is, like in cheerleading, we have a governing body mm-hmm. that restricts the things that we can and cannot do. So you won't get any of that crazy stuff and outdoing, like, throwing people across the floor, this, that, and other. So the biggest thing that we can do, especially – Coaching wise, it's like the progressions of it. We will never do anything that they're not ready, ready mm-hmm. to do. So as far as like, will it get like dangerous and all that stuff? No, we have a governing body that says, no, you can't do that. And then, you know, we're fined or something if we go outside of those rules Correct. Now, now every year katie you were talking about you have to try out you know for the yes, for the cheerleading squad so what do you look for in, in a tryout does everybody do the same routine and then you hand pick them or how do you take us through the tryout process so a tryout basically starts it's over the span of a weekend it could be two days or three days and is this in the spring yes it's usually in april or this year we had it in may it was early may yes due to right. covid okay so but. so you'll so you're trying out in may for the upcoming fall Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes, sir. So basically, you have um, a regimen that you follow. Your coach will tell you what the requirements are. So our requirements are certain stunts, certain tumbling, and then you do our. You have to learn the Southern Miss fight song, which is a requirement. So it's you're learning cheers, the fight song, and you're adding your tumbling and you're adding your stunts all in one. So you basically just really look for whose body can endure this because then once you make the team, you do exactly what you did at tryouts in pregame at a football game. So it just really ties into 
how well you can learn, how quick you can learn, and how well can you make it stick. When did cheerleading Carlos Stokes change from the old-fashioned give me a you, give me a whatever, to what it has become today, the incorporation of a lot of gymnastics and tumbling and and things that they didn't have to do back in the old days? I think it's more so like, you know, throughout the years, like, you know, my parents always told me that each generation does better than the one before. Mm-hmm. So I think cheerleading is kind of like the same thing to where it's just evolved. And then this group did this, so this group wanted to kind of emulate it a little bit. And that's how it is. So it's, it's not really one specific era or year that it did. It's just evolved, just like with any sport. In competitive dance, I know there was a, there was a big push, uh, say, 15 years or so ago. I mean, a big push in trying to get the boys more involved in competitive dancing. Has the same been true of, uh, of cheerleading? Are as many boys getting involved as, as they would like? at the collegiate level i really think it depends on the area and like around here we don't have a whole lot of co-ed teams around here i think the closest one that we have is on the coast uh harrison central um and i think west harrison that's co-ed um around here we're just strictly all girl for some reason i don't know why but it is what it is and so unlike the band where travis higa was talking earlier where he goes out and recruits musicians Uh uh-huh uh they recruit themselves. I mean, anybody that wants to try, it, you're not out looking necessarily for cheerleaders. They come to you, right, through the tryout process? Well, me personally, if I see somebody, like, where are you going to school next year? Mm-hmm. Um, what are your plans? Are you, you know, that sort of thing. So I would have those conversations with those athletes, female or male. Um, but I would love to get more males in our program. So, and you're scholarship, right, Katie, to a degree? Yes, sir. I mean, and is and this... Where the marching band only performs during football, what about the cheerleaders? Is this for more than one sport? Are you guys in it from fall to spring, or how does it work? Yes, so we cheer for football, basketball, and volleyball for Southern Miss, and we also have events. Due to COVID last year, we didn't do any events because just the restrictions from mask and seven the six feet apart, but... We are back to somewhat normal, so we are doing like these radio events. Like last year, we didn't really get to do anything, but we are basically year-round with practice, with competition, with um, pep rallies, everything. It's a more year-round sport. And because it's year-round, I would imagine that routines would get stale if you only had one and just had to do that same routine for six months. So how often do you go through the Rolodex, so to speak, Carlos, and change things up? Now that we're competing nationally, like we really focus hard in the summer to get the fight song and everything that we have to do for games done in the summer. Like this year, September, we do our choreography for nationals, and then we'll start focusing on that. So once we know what we need to do for the season, we just keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And, and I have noticed if you've been by campus, anybody that's been by campus during the summer always sees – uh, young people out on the usually early in the morning you know mm-hmm. it's a little cooler but they're all out there working on routine so what involvement do the southern miss cheerleaders have with maybe some of the if any with some of the high school kids that come into these uh different camps that stay in the dorms uh over over the summer maybe uca does some of these th- that they bring in these kids yes yeah, so uca we i had a bunch of camps like i had one in gulfport We just go to these schools and we teach these kids all about the traditions of cheerleading, what cheerleading is, how to cheer, how to be a better person, how to be a better cheerleader. So cheerleading, I would think, is more of like a you have life lessons in it, but you also have how to be a better athlete. So with Southern Miss, when we were here for practice, 
UCA was putting on camps for all the high schools here. So they were in the pain center teaching cheers, learning dances, learning different stunts, baskets, how to not so much tumble but more technique and how to be a better cheerleader and what, like you said, how cheerleading has evolved. We as UCA instructors have to teach them the safety. So before we even do anything, we teach them safety or we'll bring them to these schools so like they can get more culture and they can be in a different area that they've never been in before. So I tech taught at Texas A&M, and I've never been in Texas A&M. So, like, you go to these different schools and learn everything about their school, and then you can, like, bring it back to your school and learn new traditions and everything. And, Carlos, I know you do this You do this for a living. How – I mean, a lot of these kids, I'm guessing, start in these – in competitive cheer and so on, what, four years old, maybe? I think we have a three-year-old at our gym right now. Really? Yeah, as young as three, yes. And, and does that – obviously they don't have any experience necessarily in tumbling or anything that there's is that all i guess what i'm asking is is tumbling taught separate at a different facility is something else taught different at another facility or is it all encompassed at one facility you're going to learn all the elements of cheer at one place well we at ace cheer company we teach it all (laughs) so it's anything you need you just come to us Mm mm-hmm so at three, is, is any kid that starts at three at an advantage as maybe a young person that starts at six or seven? No, and I've had 16-year-olds come in there, done nothing, and have progressed just like a three-year-old would. Well, and you got started late, you said. Yep. So my senior year, yeah, definitely it's athleticism. It, cheerleading has always come natural to me. So I didn't learn how to coat at cheer until the summer, maybe about – two months before I tried out for Southern Miss. So I learned co-ed, because I was always a base. I was never a top girl until I learned co-ed. So I learned co-ed about three months before tryouts, and then... Now base means you're at the bottom of the pyramid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was the one throwing girls in the air instead of me getting thrown in the air. I have a feeling I would be... I, I have a feeling I would be on the base. Yes. Katie, don't you think? Yes. That I would, <laughs> that I, that I would be a base? Boys are typically on the ground throwing the girls. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But we have just the, just the women at, at Southern Miss. But we do, have, we do have some guy cheerleaders, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Just added two more. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Well, now, band, they can see the band performer. Are you guys going to be doing anything pr- prior to the season or... Will you guys get the season started when the football team does? Hey, Spirit Park, this tomorrow Friday. night. Yep. Come on out and see us. Okay, the band and the cheerleaders at yes, Spirit Park. Yes, we will be there. Tomorrow night. So a sneak peek of the Pride of Mississippi and the Southern Miss Cheerleading Squad tomorrow night at Spirit Park. Carlos Stokes, continued success. Katie Martin, great to have you here. Thank you for having me. And we're me. looking forward to your work on the field <laughs> during you. this season. Thank you. All right, we're, we're going to take. excited. We're going to burn our final time out, then Luke Johnson will rejoin. Get us up to date on the headlines of the day. The Eagle Hour continues after this timeout. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good time hearing from the Proud of Mississippi and the Southern Miss cheerleading coaches as we get ready. Just, uh, what'd you say, Sander? 16 days? Yeah, two, two weeks from Saturday. Hard to believe, but ready to go. 16 days from the Golden Eagles tee it up uh, against the South Alabama Jaguars. Appreciate you joining us on this Thursday 
On the Eagle Hour, Luke, Michael, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. DBAT and D1 Training, the place to go for high-level training and high-level instruction. Located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, the website dbathattiesburg.com. Some baseball news and notes as it relates to uh, former Southern Miss pitcher Nick Sandlin, of course, uh, had a an injury while he was pitching. And um, if you haven't heard yet, it's a muscle strain in his pitching arm. Probably won't throw for two to four weeks. And, and uh, Kelly, you, you kind of mentioned off air simply because we've only got a month or so left in the season. They might just uh, just shut him down the rest of the way. But Sandlin's supposed to, uh, to not throw really for the next two to four weeks. And uh, because I have all eyes on the, the on the National League with the Cubs, I don't even know where the Indians are in the statistics of the American League. Yeah, and there's there's a real good chance they're not going to make the playoffs. So I, I would think that, that that decision could certainly hinge upon his progress, of course, health-wise, but also whether the Indians are viable in postseason, um, you know, if they could use them. At play, but I don't think they're going to get there. Well, 12 games, yeah, I'm looking at it now, 12 games back from, from the White Sox. Uh, they're second in the Central, but wild card related, I think, um, yeah, they're, they're way back. So, yeah. yeah, you may see, that may, you may not see Nick Sandlin, uh, pitch the rest of the year. Big news, uh, out of Hattiesburg yesterday, Coach Scott Berry signs a contract extension. And in the official, uh, email that was sent out, not really details, uh, uh, how many years that would be. But, um, you know, if, if, if he's eligible for that, Kelly Sander, you got to give it to the man. Just, uh, he's 34, I believe it's 34 wins away from being the all time, uh, coaching wins uh, as a Southern Miss baseball coach. And, and he th- I think, I think that Scott already has his quote unquote years in the system for the state of Mississippi. So he could retire at any time with his, you know, with his full pension as he's earned over the years. Um, so he's, he's really in a good position, I think. And the baseball program is in good, steady hands. People lots of times always say, you know, whenever there's things are not going right in any particular program, oh, let's get a new coach. But they, they never stop and think about how valuable consistency is. And I think there's a perfect example of how a steady hand and a consistent hand has been very valuable to that uh, baseball program. So congratulations to Scott Berry. Scott Berry signs a contract extension. He will begin his 13th year as the head coach. 435 victories again. Uh, the record is 468. So, Coach, uh, he's been averaging a little over 40 wins per season, and so uh, all he needs is 34 to become the school's all-time leader in wins. Jeremy McLean uh, with the statement on the press release. Scott has done an outstanding job of continuing to develop a nationally competitive program that is built on the foundation of doing it the right way. We are fortunate to have him leading our student-athletes. I look forward to their continued success continued success that was jeremy mclean another news and notes of baseball i want to give a shout out to uh, to pat mcgee our kind of resident guru statistician uh, i've talked to him a lot during baseball season he sent me a text uh, earlier today and north alabama already has their 2022 baseball schedule up and february 18th 19th and 20th uh, their opening series is at Southern Mississippi, according to uh, RoarLions.com, which is the official athletic site of the University of North Alabama, so looks like the uh, the Golden Eagles. I guess that should be opening weekend. We'll open with, as of right now, North Alabama Lions on uh, on the baseball schedule, and and uh, yeah, Kelly, you got to get started somewhere, and and uh, we never see the Golden Eagles schedule till after the first of the year, and that would make sense. It's it, usually those first games are usually around Valentine's Day. And you have to wonder, you know, because North Alabama 
Alabama played Southern Miss in football last year, if you know maybe some of those discussions weren't being you know weren't being conducted at that time. But uh, yeah, it looks like they've been they've been quick to unveil their their schedule and kind of give us a sneak peek that uh, that Southern Miss will be opening against the Lions. So uh, and that'll be here before you know it too. We're sitting here talking about football season, and we'll be about three weeks into the football season. You'll be going, gosh, baseball will be here before you know it. And of course, basketball in between. So the older you get, the faster time if, goes. NFL on tonight, Patriots uh, at the Eagles. Of course, uh, watch that as Quez Watkins will play, should play at least some for the Eagles. He's kind of fighting for a starting job. All right, um, about a minute left on the show. Uh, we won't be broadcasting uh, a show tomorrow. We'll have a best of, and we're going to replay the August 4th uh, show with head coach of the football team, Will Hall. So if you missed that, we're going to play that for you uh, again tomorrow. And the reason why uh, no show tomorrow, I'm out. Um, we told you Bob's out this week. Kelly's on the road. But um, I, I will be going to, to Jackson, Mississippi. It'll be a very hard day. Uh, the Failer family, Pastor Lee Failer, he's the pastor at First Baptist Terry in uh, up in uh, around Jackson, just south of Jackson. His six-year-old son, Rankin uh, Failer uh, passed away earlier this week. Uh, he had a, a brain tumor, and they're all Golden Eagle fans. And so as we sign off today, pray for the Failer family. It'll be a tough day tomorrow, uh, but they love Southern Miss, and, and Southern Miss loves them. You've probably seen it on my social media. So uh, just uh, pray for that family, the Failer family, as they walk through uh, the valley of the shadow of death tomorrow. But we don't fear any evil because the Lord is, is with us. been a great day talking Pride of Mississippi and Southern Miss cheerleading. Thank you for joining us. and. Uh, We'll haul on tomorrow as we play the best of, and we'll catch you back live Monday, same time. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.